If I haven't had a chance to meet you, I've got a lot of new faces in. My name is Casey, one of the pastors serving alongside you guys. Are you having a good time so far this morning, man? Great time. Great time. We are in this series right now called Help, I've Got Kids. And for some of you, you hear that, oh, I've got this series, that kind of thing. That doesn't really apply to me. And so here's what I ask people to do. I want people to invite other people to come to hear this message and hear this series uh, Two kinds of people I want in the house. I want, first, those who have kids. So those are, that's an important thing. Second group of people that I want are those that do not have kids. In other words, that's everybody, right? Like anybody that has kids, anybody that doesn't have kids can actually learn quite a bit from this message and from this series. Here's why. Uh, if you are part of a body of believers, if you're part of, part of uh, God's church, if you're part of a neighborhood, if you're part of, unless you are a hermit living by yourself, you may be able to help somebody through some things, that, a, a family dynamic of some kind. And so it's important for us to, to, to look at these things and, and like the scripture of what we're looking for um, is, is applicable to anybody, whether they have kids or not. If they don't have kids, other, they, they may be able to help those who do. Amen. You with me on this church? You with me? Like I just I want us to understand this. This is a, this is a, an important piece of this because uh, for us who are a part of the body of believers and helping people to navigate uh, the waters of raising kids, it is a whole heck of a lot different raising kids today than it was ten years ago. Now you you you, you agree with that or not? Yep. Uh, it's going to be a whole heck of a lot different than it is in in ten years from now, right? And so here's the thing that we've got to realize and recognize is that the Word of God is all we got. I mean, that's the only thing that's going to stay the same. It's the only thing that's going to stay true. It's the only thing that's going to stay unchanged is the Word of God. And if we can help people understand that, how God created us, how God wants us to raise children, how we're supposed to do this thing uh, called help, uh, and, and, and rather than saying help, I've got kids, we can say, hey, I can help other people who have them. Right, and we can raise our own kids in way, the way God actually wants us to raise them, and so we'll explore some of that, some of that today. It's a very applicable to absolutely anybody. Some of you guys that uh, that have kids that are grown, you may learn some things and be able to apply some things, even though you have kids out of the house like I do. We're empty nesters, that kind of thing. Um, I raised and and my wife raised uh, one daughter. And she turned out fantastic. Sometimes I think despite the fact that we messed up on quite a bit. I told you a little story about that last week. How I let her go to school with a concussion thing. And that was the right thing to do. And she's like, man, I, how she turned out, how she did, I have no idea. But here's the thing that we got to understand. The greatest need of children, the greatest need of, of children, I'm talking about youth, I'm talking about little kids, is to know that they are loved. Right? That's the most important need and the, and the greatest need of it. And, and understanding that every child is different is, and uniquely made in the image of God brings us to the understanding. We've got to learn how, how God has made them and how God loves them. Last week I, I asked you to look up 5lovelanguages.com and take a survey. If their kids are too young to take it on their own, uh, have them take, like maybe ask them questions as they take it. 
What it does is it, it kind of gears you toward how kids are, they feel like they're loved and how God has wired them. And then we can like, like love them in that way. And it's an important piece of that. So when we start loving people the way God has created them to be loved rather than loving people the way we think they want to be loved, uh, it makes a whole world of difference. And, the, and our kids are no different, no different than that. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9, I want to, I want to share with you, this is, this is uh, God talking to Moses and Moses delivering this message to uh, the Israelites. They have been uh, rescued out of Egypt and taken away from, um, from uh, slavery, that kind of thing. And here's what he says. Uh, this is the command. The statues and ordinances, the Lord your God has instructed me to teach you. So there's already a, hey, here's what God has told me, and this is what I want to teach you. So there's a pattern here that we can take for our own lives and our own uh, families and raising our own kids and helping other people to raise their kids. And not, not, not when I say helping other people raise their kids, I'm not talking about going over to them and saying, you ain't raising your kids right, right? It's not like that. It's about, hey, if you're struggling, hey, if you hear somebody saying something, we may be able to help them through some of this. Listen, verse 2, do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping all his statutes and commands I am giving you. Your son and your grandson, see the pattern here, right? This is to be passed on. And so that you may have a, a, you may have a long life. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly. Because Yahweh, the God of your fathers, has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. And here's the Shema, basically the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Now listen to what it says next, though. Listen to This is powerful. Repeat them. To your children, talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Reminder after reminder after reminder. These are the things that we are going to teach our kids. Love God with everything you got, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Be, be, be understanding and obedient to God and teach those things to our children. This describes what God is talking about. Parents who are consistent, parents who are intentional, and parents who are engaged in their lives of their children and the raising of the children and how they're raising them up in the, in the, to be believers in, in God, right? And I love that whole pattern on, on all those kinds of things. Now, I'm going to do something here in a second that's going to be kind of strange, but before I do this, I want you to, there are opportunities for us to learn a little bit more how to do this practically as well as helping the community of believers uh, do this as well. This Friday night, guys, it's from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock at the Shawnee campus. If you're interested in learning how we are going to help children be raised in a godly environment, in a godly way, and maybe even like explore ways to support Kids City, support uh, Student City. Uh, Alicia Smith is downstairs. Man, she was in the first service. Man, she is she rocks Kids City. Uh, Kyle and Michaela and Kyle and Savannah and Pam 
If you guys will raise your hand for Student City, you guys are our Student City leaders. Thank you guys so very, very much. That We're going to uh, provide child care for you. I am actually going to be helping with child care. Hopefully that doesn't scare you away from coming out on Friday night. But it's going to be a great time to learn what it means, some of these things that we're learning. Also, on September 1st, we have a sign-up sheet if you want to volunteer for this. We have a sign-up sheet for um, uh, the, su- the Summer Splash Party, September 1st, which we'll have a, we've got a graphic up there, too. Except uh, back to school splash party, we're going to invite families from the community to come in. And here's the thing, the things that we're learning right now, we may get questions about. And this is why it's important for us to be thinking about those things. If you are also a visitor today, what I'd like you to do is if you would uh, fill out a Connect card that's attached to your bulletin. Uh, fill, us, fill that out. Let us, uh, let us give you, a, we'd love to give you a shout. We also have uh, sign-up sheets that we'd like to get to know you. We want to get to know you, know your name. And we want you to know that you are known. And what I'm going to do now is I want to, uh, we, we give out, uh, you know, Facebook Live every week and we do audios every week and that kind of thing. I'm going to ask that Facebook Live be paused for a little bit. I'm going to tell you, we want to put the audio back on and you understand why I did that, right? Just between us. And so here's the thing that we want to want to kind of take a look at when it comes to raising kids in, in, in the right way, the way God raises us. We can we can be uh, full of love and have proper discipline, that kind of thing, or we can just do it our own way or the way we think we ought to do it and, and not do it God's way and let the chips fall where they may. And I will tell you this, none of this is a guarantee that a child will talk, come and know God. I know great parents who love their kids, properly disciplined, and the kids reject God. I get that. So don't, don't, I mean, like seriously, don't, don't put this pressure on ourselves like, oh, I should have done something different. And I know kids that have turned out great, even though they had some parents that were jacked up and messed up too. God takes care of his own. I mean, if you are his sheep, you will hear his voice. That's a promise. Amen. And so don't put that pressure on us, but we can do whatever we can to foster an environment in our homes that will foster a, a, a love of God that if we're, if we do it right, then it increases the chances. In fact, a guy named uh, Reuben Hill, a sociologist, conducted a study of thousands of teens and parents in, uh, in Minnesota. And he put us research, research on, a, on a grid here. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, come over here. Can you guys see this? Is there a bad glare or anything like that back there? Can you see that all right? Good. Awesome. So I was told in the first service, do not use anything but black. So I will use black. I gave everybody a choice. They said green, and nobody could see it. So I was like, it's his fault. But um, here's what here's what Reuben Hill said. He said that if you, and he basically put a quadrant of, of high discipline. All right. And, of course, the other quadrant is low discipline. Then we got high love. Then we got low love here. Everybody see that okay? Back in the back? You good? You see it? Awesome. And so basically what he did is he put these kind of households and how this, you know, basically a, a parent raises their kid into four quadrants. The high love High, or, uh, the high love, high discipline. Uh, we're not talking about like um, when I say high discipline. I'm not talking about somebody's gonna gonna 
you know, like abuse their kid or anything like that. But there's a high emphasis on proper discipline, and there's a high emphasis on, the, on godly love. Does that make sense? When we say high love and high discipline. So here's what we want to make sure we, uh, we look at. So when, when Reuben Hill did this and he analyzed the, uh, the thousands of families, he said those who were living in uh, low love, right, and high discipline, or, or actually low love and low discipline were in essence uh, neglectful. So low love and low discipline was a household of neglectful. Basically, uh, they're kids in the house only because we had sex, right? And what kids tend to do coming out of those households where kids were, were basically felt unloved, felt like they were nowhere, felt like they were nobody, there was no self-esteem. By the way, I told you last week, self-esteem is a, a crock, right? Esteem must come from God. Proper esteem must come from God. If we want good self-esteem, we've got to know who, where we came from and who loves us and who amen you with me on that so neglectful i mean those who are raised in a neglectful household have very little love in the household very little dis- discipline in the household first timothy 3 1 through 4 says this saying is trustworthy if anyone aspires and he's talking about as a pastor to be an overseer he desires a noble work an overseer therefore must be above reproach The husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, an able teacher, not addicted to wine, not a bully but gentle, not quarrelsome and not greedy. Listen to this, verse 4. One who manages his household. One who manages his own household competently, having his children under control with dignity. And listen to what it says right after that. How can, is what it says, if anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of God's church? And everybody said, amen, exactly right. So that's an important for us to, to understand that. Uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty four says, the one who will not use the rod hates his son, but the one who loves, his, loves him disciplines him diligently and so this kind of falls into this category of when he says there's a bunch of love in the house we're like i love you i love you i love you but they don't have a lot of discipline in the house that's basically someone a household that has a permissive environment growing kids up and that's one of those where we have a whole bunch of that going on in our society right now, don't we? Where we don't want, we want to be our kids' buddies, and we don't want to make sure that they're, they're not uh, challenged in any way. And everybody gets a, you know, a, a participation trophy and all that kind of stuff. They don't want any consequence because we don't want Johnny to suffer in any way or be mad at us or all that kind of stuff. How many people are teachers in here for, in, the, in the public school system or a private school system? Uh, do you have a, do you see this? coming into your classrooms all the time yes right this is a this is a a a chronic thing we can sometimes deal with some of this even better this is harder i think because uh, because you got spoiled kids coming out of that right they don't i mean it's this wild stuff and we know this but we tend to not want to do it either because we don't know how to raise kids naturally without the help of god see what i was telling before is that we have got to be connected and abiding in jesus to be able to raise our kids the way God has wanted us to raise because we get our energy and our source from him, so therefore we can pour it out properly to our children, right? 
That's how this works. Uh, when you, uh, so Reuben Hill analyzed this. So when there's a high emphasis on discipline, but, not a, 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 but a low amount of love, this was authoritarian, right? Or is that? Authoritative, yes. Authoritative. All right. Authoritarian? Told you. It's Kyle's fault. He messed me up. Authoritarian. Thank you. An authoritarian. Thank you very much. I knew that. I was just testing you. <laughs> authoritarian is dictatorial, right? Authoritarian is someone who is... Uh, who looks at it and says, okay, I'm going to make sure this kid doesn't do anything stupid. I'm going to make sure they don't embarrass me. I'm going to make sure that all the boundaries and all the rules and all the legalistic stuff and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it's spiritual discipline where we say, you're going to be able to not do this and not do this and not do this and not do this. And all of a sudden, this kid has lost his mind. I told you last week, my daughter is a cosmetologist and, and she was doing someone's hair and she brought, uh, she had a client that had brought her her kid in one time and her kid was like nine years old and it was don't do this don't stand there don't say that shut up kid sit down be quiet stand up it was constant and this kid finally lost her mind right because you never know what you do never know what you're going to expect right and so when kids are raised up in that they'll be kid they'll become uh, the, those are the ones that when they're 18 i'm gonna get the heck out of this house right and nobody, you know, and nobody's going to be able to tell me what to do. I'm going to finally live in freedom. Uh, it tends to do this. Now, what Reuben Hill said, though, that this is the greatest way to do it. When you have a, a, a high discipline, high emphasis on discipline and high love, that's the authoritative. All right. And the authority, when I say authoritative, we're not talking about dictatorial. And we're not talking about, we're talking about that the kids respect the parents' authority, and there's a genuine love and understanding with children between the parents and between the children, that they know that they're loved and they are disciplined properly and they're raised in the right way. And, man, I tell you what, when that happens, when there is a great amount of love and a high emphasis on discipline, that that just creates an environment where kids understand what God wants more like it creates a, a system and puts a system in place in a in a uh, an environment in place where kids can actually be raised in the Lord and they actually have an example and a model like they don't you know when somebody talks to them about you know that God is your father when they're later on down the line they've never heard that before they don't know which one to pick right they're like it's just weird but when they're raised here guys they kind of can connect with that a little bit more when somebody says they're a parent okay cool man I understand that I, as a pastor, have had to help people unravel what their perception of a parent is. When I say God is the greatest parent ever, man, red flags go up for them. And then i got to deal with that because I keep forgetting sometimes, oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Like, it happens quite a bit. But when we raise our kids with proper discipline and proper love, it's an amazing thing. Thank you, Kyle. Everybody give my lovely assistant a hand. This thing tends to shake a little bit. Thank you, buddy. So here's what I want to read when it comes to this proper discipline and proper love. I want to read you Proverbs 3, and we'll go 1 through 12, because I love this. Because in Colossians, it talks about fathers not exasperating your children so they won't become discouraged. It talks about that all over. You know, Ephesians talks about, you know, raising your kids with, with genuine love and not spoiling them and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we have just messed up, our society anyway, has just messed up a lot 
And that's why I say we have the answer, which is the word of God. That doesn't change no matter what the technology looks like. So Proverbs 3, starting in verse 1, says this. It says, my son, don't forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commands. For they will bring you many days of of full life and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. This sounds like the Deuteronomy passage, doesn't it? Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding. A lot of people know that by heart. But listen to what he continues to say. Think about him, capital H, God, in all your ways, and he will guide you on the right paths. This is why I say we've got to stay connected to the Father so that he can guide us in how we raise our kids and everything else, obviously. But that's the most important thing. When we are trying to do it in our own strength, we will wear out. We won't know what to do. We'll be exhausted all the time. And our kids will not be beneficiaries of of the good stuff. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. Listen to this. Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and do not loathe his discipline. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. This is God. Amen. Just as a father, the son he delights in. That's that's what we're looking for in our families. Am I right? You with me on this new city? This is an important piece for us to understand that there have been things that we've done that, man, I said, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I ain't done this, and my kid's already 22, right? Or my kid's 32, or my kid's 12, or 82. <laughs> Whatever it is, doesn't matter. From this point on, we can start doing it right. Paul says, writes to the church, Forget what you've done before. Forget what's behind. Nothing we can do about it now. But we strive starting now toward what's ahead. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to do a couple of quick things. If you are good at this, if this is something you say, man, you know, I mean, nobody's been perfect or anything like that. But if you say, you know, I've actually done this pretty well with my family, with my kids, And I want you to, first off, thank you for that. Thank you that you've done that and held that for a long time. Second thing I want you to do, though, is I want you to help other people. And I'm not talking about going to them and saying, you ain't raising your kids, right? It's not like that. It's about going to them and saying, you know what, man, if if you know somebody that's struggling with their family, struggling with their kids, struggling with all that, that we help them. That we go to them and we serve them and love them and share with them what God has to say. Share with them all the different things that, that go on. Because this is great. I love this. this is, I mean, I love it. But, but the church 
is a, is, is a body of believers that helps other believers and loves other people enough not to criticize but to serve and to help where there's need. Amen? Amen? And so we want to do that. And here's what I want to leave you with before we have our offering and we pray for that too. Here's what Jesus said. He said on the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, he should come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, this is a promise. Listen to this. Anyone who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of of living water flow from deep within him. Man, if we drink from that well... We're filled with His Holy Spirit. If we're connected to Him and abiding in Him all the time, as it says we are to do, like Jesus wants that. Like, and, and we're drinking from that, that living water well. Like we're actually like consuming what Jesus said, the, uh, water that will never, will never go thirsty. He says that out of us, from deep within us, will flow from us. And that's how we raise kids. That's how we help other people raise kids. Man, families are exhausted and fried and freaked out and tired and don't know where to turn. And they, they watch Dr. Phil and they say, well, Dr. Phil said that. I ain't trashing Dr. Phil. I ain't trashing Oprah. I'm old enough to remember Phil Donahue. This has been going on a long time, right? But we'll get our advice and our counsel from everybody but God. What if we actually help people get their counsel and their direction from the source of life? And that source of life from this, from deep within us, blessed our kids. Wow. It's an amazing thing. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us. I want to pray for as we take this and take it to our families and our neighbors and our other people in the church and our coworkers and whoever or wherever or who, whatever God puts whoever God puts in your path, take it to them. If you know they're struggling, serve them and love them enough to say, I, I, got, I got a great solution for you. Several things may happen. They may come to know the Lord for the first time or they may come to a deeper relationship with him. Either one, it's cool. Nothing may happen, but doing nothing results in nothing. And so, those of you that do it well, serve others and and help them in that. Those of you that have messed up and said, man, whew, I haven't done this right. You You might even go to your kids and go, hey, guys, Here's what we're going to do from now on. That's all right. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all, right? Like, you, you, there is nothing. Like, I say this all the time, to the glory of God, we're all going to be dead in 100 years. Who cares if they think we're weird? Right? Start now. Start today. When you get home, make a phone call. I don't know. Whatever it is God lays on you. And those of us that 
that need to serve others in this and help others in this, let's help them. Some great parents in our, um, among our body of believers. And there's some of us that are struggling being parents. Either way, it's cool. God gives you grace as we move forward toward him. So, Father, we love you. And uh, <laughs> it's been such a great morning. A lot of energy in the house. A lot of, a lot of just, just enthusiasm for you. We got our zeal and our enthusiasm must be for you, not just for a gathering and not just for a service, but for you. It's one of the reasons why it's so fun to be here. We've got a lot of people that just love you to death and love you a lot and are guided by you. So, God, here's the thing. We're going to take an offering. This is, this is a holy thing that we do. This is something that you have outlined in your word. And we don't take it lightly. But here's the thing. As we start thinking about us taking this offering and doing what you want to with it, man, there may be opportunities for us to serve children. There may be opportunities for us to help families. And so, like, rise those opportunities up. Make those available to us. Make those visible to us. Put those on our hearts and our minds. Wherever you need this to be, this money to be put, man, just show us. We ask, God, that you bless this, that you multiply this and use it for your kingdom until we see you face to face. We love you, Father. And it is in your son's amazing and precious and holy. And, man, what a great dad you are to us. We thank you in your son's name, Lord. Everybody in the house said, guys, sit in this for a little bit if you need. What I'd like you to do is as we take the offering, uh, you're dismissed officially after offering, but here's the thing. Some of you may choose to sit in this for a little bit. That's all right, too. You know, if you got to talk to somebody, if you say, man, uh, here's what's happened and here's what you need to do, we have people that can talk to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need help. And if they don't know what to do, they can find somebody that can help. But sit in it as long as you like. Stay for the next service and sit in that one too. And uh, we'll see you there. Love you guys. Have a great week.